Welcome to the podcast. Today, you will hear a heroic uh, military hero type uh, moment from Glenn Beck as he struggles through allergies on the air. I know uh, he really had a bad sore throat and just tried to get through the show today. So uh, there was a lot of good stuff on it, though. Bill O'Reilly joined us, of course. Uh, we had a couple of different candidates for governor of Idaho, a red state. We're very interested to see who wins in the primary there. Uh, we we had Pat Gray on as well today. It was a really fun show. Check it out. Um, and you can subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks off your uh, subscription to Blaze TV. Part of the show we spent mourning the loss of CNN Plus, and I know you were as disturbed as I am on that one. We developed, uh, we've actually launched now Stu Does America Plus for everyone. You can get your uh, Stu Plus mug at studosmerch.com. Uh, we're going to be talking more about CNN Plus today and it's Earth Day. Getting into that on Studos America. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast here as well as the Studos America podcast. New episodes every single weekday and a fun Earth Day episode today. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. is the Glenn Beck program. We're so glad that you joined us. Sorry, I apologize for my voice, um, but uh, it's the allergy season here, and it is worse than I've ever seen in my life. Um, but, uh, you know, don't worry about it. Hey, um, I have a gallon of milk in my refrigerator that is last longer than CNN Plus. Uh, it, was, uh, it was canceled, and we found out about it yesterday, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, my wife came in last night and said, hey, you know, the CNN Plus has been canceled. And there was just a little joy mm-hmm. that I expressed a little bit of that, a little bit on Twitter last night. I did notice this and reading your tweets, they seem to be specifically targeted to one CNN employee in particular for some reason. Uh, you say, hey, Brian Stelter, perhaps you can join me on my successful uh, global media streaming service to discuss your company's $300 million failure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's the start. Awesome. Yeah, uh, P- that's great. P.S. I won't ambush you and my statements will be based in fact. So sad for you. Yeah. Well, this mm-hmm. comes from the interview that I did, and it's a very popular uh, clip on YouTube of me walking off of the set for Brian uh, because he he said as usual he really wanted to understand the right mm. and mm. Uh, he really mm-hmm. wanted to understand why people were you know backing Donald Trump and uh, and you know just dismissing the media that's very dangerous it was very important to him very so he brought you on and then of course. Uh, Change the topic of the interview halfway yeah. through. All right, here, can mm-hmm. we play it? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. One's arguing justice, one's arguing mercy, or they say they are, but they're not. All they're doing is playing politics, and the American people are tired of it. Who is talking about an actual solution on this? Who's actually done something? Who's actually consistent and cared when it was a Democrat in office and cared when it's a Republican in office? You know, those people exist around the country, and they're watching you two, the media and Donald Trump, playing this little game back and forth, and they're sick of it. They don't well, want to hear about it from either side. 
I want the critique because I invited you on. I'm self-aware enough to know that we need to talk about this because I know it's a problem. The mainstream media well, is having a very hard time. The, the main time, the mainstream media is having a very hard time reaching Trump's base. That's a fact. We see that in all the polls. Yeah, well, then here's here's the deal, Brian. You all have my phone number. I've reached out to all of you in the past and said, let's have a conversation not on the air. You really want to understand? You want to hear the other why side? Why can't our viewers let's have a conversation where everybody's not interested? Why can't you tell our viewers right now? Because it's all about ratings. Because this is all about ratings. This isn't about ratings. This is about saving our country, bringing us together. Stop dividing us. I mean, you. <laughs> I can't. So, so to be clear, you're, you think that I'm dividing the country? To? You think I'm dividing the country for ratings by booking you, Brian? Stop. Drive. Look at what. Look at what you're doing. <laughs> when did this become about you? This is about the media and the administration. That's what you guys want to make it into. If it was about okay? me, I would do so like a ten minute commentary the way the- you used to. Mm. Oh, 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 if it was about me, I get out of blackboard the way about- you used to. Ah. Uh, Oh, mm. oh, look at that. That's a good okay. line. Well, then maybe you should. I, I mean, point is, I, what I mean, you I mean, is making it about me. I, I don't see how I've made it about me. I want to know It's how. not about it. You just said, never mind. Look, Brian, <laughs> if you want to have a conversation, the media really wants to know, great. We can have that conversation. But every time someone, every time I've approached, everybody always says yes. But as soon as it gets tough or uncomfortable, nobody's interested. Nobody's interested in looking at themselves and saying, mm-hmm. what did I do? I know what I've done. I know what I've done. I've There's tried to make these, amends yeah. and I'm trying yes. to. And we've talked about that before. You're, I, I completely agree with you. And we all do yeah. need to be more self-reflective. <laughs> I do have to ask you, there's this new headline on the Daily Beast saying that your company's in trouble, that oh, you were trying to find a buyer. Mm. Is this related to hey. the point no. about people not talking to each other? That if you want to create that media company, <laughs> there's not in there. interest? What's, what's mm-hmm. going on with that? Mm. <laughs> wow. Wow. Brian, thanks a lot. I think that's the most ridiculous um, question I've ever heard. I'm sitting here ready to talk to you about the detaining of children and parents and trying to break break families apart, something that has been happening with Janet Reno. That's why it went to the Supreme Court in the first place. With Janet mm-hmm. Reno, it's been happening. We want to stop it, and you want to play those games? Have a nice day. What game did I just play? <laughs> what game did I just play? That's interesting know. because... Now, the topic of that interview, and obviously the only reason he had you on, I mean, the, obviously you could see the entire time all he wanted to do was get to this gotcha question cool. about your media company failing. Um, it, it's interesting to me that he was very concerned about your media company, which at the end of the day, my understanding is it's still on the air. Is I mean, I feel like I do a show for it every day. Pat, you do a show for it every yeah. day. Yeah, Glenn it does, does feel a show. Yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then... The Blaze is just the... Uh, largest right of center uh, streaming service in the world. Okay, okay, okay. that's one so, way. That's one, one way thing. To look at it. One way to look yeah. at it. So that one's still around. And CNN Plus lasted not even one month. No, not even three hundred million dollars flushed down the toilet. Three hundred million dollars. Yeah. That's so, incredible. Remember when you invested three hundred million into no, the Blaze? No, though, you, do you no. remember that? No, yeah, uh, you uh, flushed that no, down the didn't, toilet. Didn't do that. Didn't do Jeez. that. So Absolutely that's incredible. why there might have been a little glee. 
in mm-hmm. uh, my tweets. I sensed mm-hmm. a little glee. Did you? Yeah. Uh, you go on to say, did I mention my streaming service had 300,000 subs when streaming services didn't yet exist? It was only <laughs> the Major League Baseball and the Blaze. That's right. With that, that mm-hmm. Those were the first couple. Uh, that was over 10 years ago. I could say that uh, that our, your pompous ass didn't make <laughs> didn't make 10 weeks, didn't bring me joy, but I will leave the lies to you and CNN. And then then you really got, see, you like the self-reflective uh, nature. Yeah, I do, I do. That you had in that interview. Did, you, yeah. you brought back again and you said, I am sorry, Brian Stelter, for that last tweet. I just lashed out after hearing the news about the biggest media failure of all time. <laughs> <laughs> without thinking about how worried you must be about your upcoming unemployment situation please know you are in my thoughts <laughs> i wanted to say my thoughts and prayers but i know he dismisses the prayers right well there you go you know. um okay after re now this is you again after rereading these tweets i see how childish they appear but after being subjected to your constant lies and the transparent hatchet job you call a career the epic fail of cnn makes uh, makes makes us believe in the old saying that evil loses in the end. And believe me, Brian Stelter, this is the end. <laughs> I mean, the breathtaking speed at which CNN Plus crashed was a spectacular, almost Ziegfeld, Ziegfeld Follies end? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. Follow me on this Okay. One. That would be assuming that Ziegfeld had ever spent $300 million on a show <laughs> to only have it close in eight weeks. But of course he didn't. Uh, crap, Brian Selter, I apologize. I used a hypothetical Ziegfeld Follies comparison in my last tweet. I made the point that the failure of CNN Plus was so epic that it was akin to Ziegfeld having a $300 million production close in eight weeks. Sorry, I meant four weeks. <laughs> One more thing, Brian Selter, on CNN Plus's epic $300 million four-week flameout. The Hindenburg of media failures. <laughs> Please note, I only use Ziegfeld Follies because I thought it would be relatable to you and your elitist, out-of-touch New York City Upper West Side <laughs> snotty co-workers. <laughs> uh, Brian Stelter, oh, when you are part great. of the crew uh, uh, crew of the business version of the Titanic and bodies are still in the freezing water, <laughs> crew members begin to question themselves and become introspective. What did you do wrong? May I suggest a few things that I'm sure you may be thinking. And then you go into, you launch into a a plethora yeah. of things that they've done wrong. Well, the of list course, is available on Twitter. Yeah, of course, it starts with Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the reason why they failed. You know, they're blaming, they're Donald blaming Trump. it on somebody, but mm-hmm. not themselves. They mm-hmm. will learn nothing from this. At no point did anyone rationally believe this would work. Why a, a network that no one watches when it's free on your cable system? Right. Why would people spend money to go out there and justify what they and we say keep saying three hundred million dollars? The the plan was one billion dollars over yeah. four years on the streaming network. Who could possibly believe that would work? I mean, it's the it was dead before it began. Discovery because of the way the mergers work, could not say that to CNN. They could not say, the second we're taking over, we're going to shut this thing down. They couldn't say it legally. So they they did everything they could. They went to the media and outwardly said, you know, this doesn't seem like such a great idea, but they couldn't specifically tell them to change the plans. Mm-hmm. So they didn't uh, to make sure they protected, you know, the, the merger. <laughs> the second they get in there, they're like, well, obviously, 
obviously this isn't going to work. The people at CNN rushed it through to get it started before the merger went, uh, you know, went through fully so they could get it on the air and made such a big deal about it, trying to lock Discovery into keeping it going. You know, they said stuff like, this is the most important moment in CNN's history. It's going to be the change the face of the news media, hoping that Discovery would come in and say, we, how are we going to get out of this? It sounds mm-hmm. a little like the Democratic plan mm. in Washington, doesn't it? Yeah. We're just going to start all these things and then hope yeah. that the Republicans just won't take them out. Won't take them down. And you know what? If the Republicans do what they usually do, they won't take it down. Discovery did not act like the Republicans. They acted no. like a company that wanted to make money. Yeah, that wants to survive. You know what I mean? I mean, I, is, how how hard did you laugh when you heard this yesterday, Pat? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I laughed until I wept. And you know, I was weeping for joy. <laughs> and can I tell you something? We honestly, with a very few exceptions, usually on election day, we don't gloat. I don't like enjoying mm-hmm. people's failures. Mm-hmm. I'm, but it's I like, impossible not to enjoy Oh, my this. gosh. I it's enjoyed impossible. this so much. I enjoyed this more than if they would have said, Glenn, not only did you get Willy Wonka's chocolate factory, <laughs> you're going to be living uh, in a house built with ice cream. Okay? Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, that, I, mm-hmm. You couldn't have made me happier mm-hmm. than this failure. We were thinking of the biggest business failures of all time. And it, it's kind of on par with pets.com. Remember the mm, spectacular crash? Par. That, no. But, but it's way beyond that. <laughs> yeah. Pets.com lasted 262 days. Wow. This. That's pretty good. Lasted 30 days? Yeah. This is. 31? This really is the uh, uh, Morrigan to the Titanic. That ship lasted one voyage. Mm. It mm-hmm. was unsinkable. It lasted one voyage and rested at the bottom of the sea. At least it made it halfway across. Yeah, it did. You, know, yeah, I mean, it did. you can't argue yeah, that the, with CNN Plus. No, this would like be this would like the t- be like the Titanic sinking in the dry dock. That's how bad this is. <laughs> You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. This is the Glenn Beck program. Bill O'Reilly is with us. Bill, we were talking about Disney, and um, I know how this deal was put together. I know why it was put together. I know why um, uh, Florida made the deal. Uh, However, those days are past. Now, he has just said that Disney no longer can have, you know, their own their own uh, building inspectors and everything else. However, it appears as though this burden now is going to go on to the taxpayer. And uh, they're saying the county, what county is it? Uh, Osceola? Yeah. Two of them. Yeah. Two of them. Orange, um, Orange and Osceola, I believe. Yeah. And um, it, they say that this could increase property taxes by 20% uh, beginning next year. That won't have to happen, and I'll explain it in a moment. But Good. give me a minute at the end of this segment because yeah, yeah, yeah. I have something interesting to tell you. Okay. Okay. So all the counties have to do um, where Disney World is is to pass local taxes, and you can do that in a variety of different ways. For example, you could have a local two percent tax on parking, so people who park in any Disney facility, which is you know in the county have to pay an extra 2% to the county. You see what I mean? Yeah. 
So you can make that money up easy. This isn't about the people are not going to get hammered. This is the left wing propaganda that always happens. I I know that. I I mean, there's no way that Ron DeSantis missed this one. That's just what we're we're hearing. (laughs) All they have to do is is fly me down there and I'll give them uh, how how you can do your local taxes to make more money than you have now. So nobody has to get taxed. I will tell you, it is going to change the feel of uh, Disney World. Um, You know, when you get off the highway exit for Disney World, it's manicured lawns. The black top is black. You know, I mean, the stripes on the road, the the medians are well maintained. That's because Disney has done it. The the state and the uh, county is they're not going to do that. They'll maintain it like they do the rest of the county. I don't really care. I know Um, because I'm not going to Disney World. I took my kids there. And, and, and I don't blame any American for taking their children there. But right now, if you go to Disney World in Orlando, you better bring a lot of money. Yeah. Because a family of four <laughs> spending three days there, you're looking at about five grand. Okay? That's incredible. So they're gouging, they're gouging everyone. And this is, this is what gets me. So they're so woke and they're so noble and they virtue signal this is Disney all day long. Well, poor people can't afford to go into your park. Do you not understand mm-hmm. that? Could you not maybe sell discounted tickets, um, you know, in some way to allow working families to come and enjoy it? Do you have to gouge on every single thing you do? Because that is the reality of Disney. And we're not even talking about what they do in China. Do you realize that Disney Shanghai pumps $5 billion into that corporation a year. You know what they pay their workers in Disney Shanghai? About 80 cents an hour. Okay? I mean, it's just... Mm. I, I, every time I turn on, and I never very rarely do, The View, and, and that's Disney. That's Disney. And I'm going, this is corporation, but the folks have revolted back. That CEO who made this crazy thing in Florida, who attacked the family unit there, he's gone. Yeah, well, it's not his fault, though. Honestly, he was he wanted to stay out of all of this stuff. It was was, I agree with you. He handled it poorly internally and he should be gone. But their entire uh, employee roster, it seems in, in Burbank. Is just nuts. In Burbank, that's what they they let these loons in in Hollywood in L.A. run their corporation. That's what and they do. Yeah. So you get what you deserve. The American, the Disney brand, once the strongest brand in the United States of America, there was no stronger brand, is now destroyed probably forever. But this shows you the power of the people, and we're going to see it in November with the midterm election. All this woke garbage, all of this progressive nonsense, this had to happen. Biden had to happen for the backlash, the ferocity of the people finally to emerge. And it's going to Beck. So CNN and Disney are just the first two. So here's the thing about the woke left. They hate Disney and its original values. They hated Walt Disney sure. um, himself. Because it's a traditional family. Correct. They hated it. So right. they don't mind if they destroy it. If they can use it and pervert it, they'd much rather do that. But they're going to be happy either way. 
Does it? I don't does think they're going to be happy after November. But, uh, when you see what happens in November, I don't think there's going to be one woke progressive happy. Uh, and that's coming up. It's, it's almost six months away. And if you think uh, Joe Biden and his new his new national security advisor, the Easter Bunny, is going to solve inflation in six months, I mean, you know, it's not going to happen. So can I ask you another question that's been bothering me all week is um, about the war in Ukraine? Yes. Um, we are, you know, we went from, oh, no, we can't, we, we got to stop Poland from allowing the Ukrainians to fly away with old MiGs. Well, that would be our involvement would would get us into trouble, too. We just said yesterday, yeah, here's another billion dollars worth of howitzers and and high tech um, uh, armaments. And Biden said, I'm going to go back and I'm going to ask the Congress for more. Sure. What is happening? Are we going to war? It's going to be build back better Ukraine. Um, The United States government senses weakness on Putin. All right. And now uh, they're piling on to try to take him out in the sense that if he loses in Ukraine, his power structure in Russia is uh, much, much less. Okay, that's number one. Number two, the the MiG thing is is bogus because Poland wanted to fly those planes to a U.S. base and then have the planes go. Biden didn't say, no, Poland, you can't give the Ukrainians MiGs. He didn't want to have our air base used. But, and I understood that at the, I, because here's the bottom line on it. The Ukrainian pilots cannot stand up to Russian pilots. They would have been blown out of the sky in three days. I saw it happen in my own eyes in the Falklands War when Britain killed every single Argentine pilot, every one in that war. Same thing would have happened if the Ukrainians had gone up in an air war against Russia. It's the ground war that the Russians are losing, and they are. And and that's why NATO and the United States are now flooding the zone with weapons. I don't see a flaw in the strategy. And, And I'm not, you don't negotiate with a guy like Putin from weakness. And right now, Putin is losing there. But we wanted a arm's length distance from all of this because Biden said, you know, Putin will if we get too cozy with Ukraine and we're doing things on the ground, Putin's just going to blame it on us. And then we'll be, you know, sucked yeah, into that Putin war. Can blame it on us no matter what we do. No matter what we do, Putin can blame it on us. Right now, you've got a, a coalition, NATO and the United States feeding weaponry into Ukraine so they can defend themselves. I don't I don't see anything wrong with that. Did you see you, the, you know if you say well we don't want to provoke Putin, Putin doesn't need provocation. Putin can say tomorrow right. the United States did this to us, they threatened well we're gonna do this. All right. So I mean you're dealing with a guy who just is not a rational guy at this point and you want to weaken him as much as possible. Did you see the I think it's foreign policy came out with uh a video analysis of Putin grabbing onto the table and his his puffy throat, they say, at best, it looks like he's on steroids for his back. Yes. But he has seen Absolutely. a cancer specialist 35 times. He may be going through chemo. 
Do you believe that? He looks he looks terrible. I mean, yeah. I haven't seen this guy topless in six months, and that's your indicator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Okay. All right. I mean, he, he's got he's got problems. <laughs> All right, Bill. Now, listen, I want to tell you something important, Beck. Yeah. Next week, and we, maybe we can talk about it next Friday, is the anniversary of Abu Ghraib's story breaking in 2004. Okay? Yeah. It was a horrible story, and it made the United States look terrible worldwide, and the left latched upon it to try to destroy Bush the Younger. Everybody remembers Abu Ghraib, right? Yep. Okay. And the mantra of the left was, it doesn't work. This doesn't work. Coerced interrogation doesn't work. So my book, Killing the Killer is the Secret War Against Terrorists, comes out May 3rd. And Beck has read it, I think, twice now. Um, and it refutes that. And it says in the book, and documented evidence, national security evidence, that coerced interrogation saved hundreds of thousands of lives. And this is a very, very important book, perhaps my most important book, Killing the Killers, because it tells you things that no one knows, and we got it from people who do know. And it's an amazing read, so I, I hope everybody will check it out. And when you hear about Abu Ghraib next week, know you are not being told the truth. Now, the morality of torture, that's something every individual has to decide for themselves. But if your daughter is being raped and killed, as Kayla Muller was, the poor girl from Arizona, and a guy knows where she is, you tell me what you would do. Bill O'Reilly, his new book, Killing the Killers, uh, comes out uh, the first part of May. He joins us every Friday, and you can see him at BillOReilly.com. That's BillOReilly.com. Bill, God bless. Talk to you okay, again. Okay, hope you feel better, Beth. Thank you. Bye-bye. See bye. you. Bye. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck program. I wanted to bring on the um, lieutenant governor of Idaho. She is the um, gubernatorial candidate. You might remember she is the one that uh, when the governor left the state, she was like, yeah, we're not doing any of that stuff uh, for COVID, (laughs) uh, which I cheered personally. Um, Janice McGeehan is her name, and uh, you can follow her at JaniceForIdaho.com. These are really important in every state, you must pay attention. Um, my opinion, Brad Little, the governor of Idaho, who's running again, is absolutely a waste of a chair. Um, he just <laughs> not a, not a Republican. Uh, and I, I thought he was um, very out of touch when I met him. But that's just me. And I'm not a resident of Idaho. Uh, the lieutenant governor is here. Uh, to talk a little bit about her campaign. Janice, welcome. Good morning, Glenn. Thank you so much for inviting me to join your show this morning. I truly appreciate all that you do for conservative movement in America. Thank you very much. I would like to start the the interview with um, your opinion on, on if you think that Brian Stelter from CNN actually grew in a potato farm there in Idaho, but I don't want to start off with nastiness, so we'll move on. Um, yes. Janice, tell us, tell, us, tell us your vision and why you should be the candidate for um, governor. 
Well, Glenn, I, I've, I'm concerned in the last two years, the decisions that are that our current governor, Mr. Little, has made, and, and you mentioned some of his actions and really his lack of action to protect the freedoms and liberties of the individual, a lack of standing firm for the sovereignty of our state and giving away our traditional conservative values, all in the name of, of compromise and, and just bringing more money into our state. As I've traveled across Idaho for the past year, I have listened to the people of Idaho and they have the people of Idaho have a strong voice, very conservative voice in Idaho. And we have Mr. Little that is not listening to the people. He has failed the people. He has not stood behind Pre- President Trump in the 2020 election. And that is um, why I have received the endorsement of, of Donald Trump in this campaign, because I stand for election integrity and fighting for forensic audits in Idaho and in America. What we saw in 2020, we've learned a lot. We need to make sure that that some of those election irregularities never happen again. And our governor, Mr. Little, with his small ideas of giving, um, we have this $2 billion surplus in our state and just a small amount of tax return to the citizens of Idaho, rather than taking that that amount of excess revenues, which means we're overtaxed, giving that money back to the hardworking citizens of Idaho in the form of lowered um, sales tax, removing sales tax on food, reducing our our gas tax and our property tax. Um, Mr. Little used that money instead to grow government programs and government funding over 20% increase in our state budget programs this, this year. So we're talking to the Lieutenant Governor of, uh, of Idaho. Pardon me for my voice, um, uh, Lieutenant Governor. But um, um, when you look at your state, you have a lot of people who are farmers, ranchers. You have a lifestyle in Idaho, and it's being challenged by newcomers and businesses. How do you balance these two so you don't lose the essence of Idaho. I think the way that we balance this is um, we have a we create a fair a fair um, playing field for all. We have a lot of people that are moving into Idaho from other states, these states that have gone radical and um, moving to Idaho because they've lost the states have they've you know they've lost their freedoms in these other states and they're coming to Idaho. And some of the people that are most engaged in protecting our traditional conservative way of life here in Idaho are those individuals that are coming here. But at the same time, Glenn, we have businesses that are being enticed and um, Mr. Little and the leadership giving away special tax incentives to these corporations like Facebook. They gave a, a special tax incentive to Facebook to relocate outside of a, uh, you know, a community in Cuna, Idaho, munching up our, our, our agricultural farmland, making more demands on the water and the resources in our state. So what, that's what I'm talking about is we need to have a level playing ground where we do not have this 
corruption and this cronyism that if you come in and wave a big check in front of the politician's nose, they're going to give you a special incentive to come to this state. It needs to be a, a level playing ground where all of our businesses, if we're going to, we need to reduce the tax burden and the regulation on our, our businesses, all of them, 90% or more of all the jobs created in Idaho are created by small business community and we need to do more to support the small business community and not just give uh, give our, away all of our resources and our tax tax revenues to these special interests so coming in. You, I'm sure you're aware I was up uh, talking to your governor about ESG <clears throat> and yes. and all of the Republicans were on board and then the big banks came in and started um, doing I think there were I can't remember exactly. I don't want to give the wrong number, but there were a lot of uh, bank lobbyists, big bank lobbyists, um, and that was shot down. And if your state, I mean, all kinds of states now are are enacting. I think Arizona just did another one where if you are using ESG and you're going after gun sellers or anything else, you're breaking the law. Um, we couldn't get any movement um, in Idaho on this. The special interest seems locked up. How can we trust that you are going to be somebody that would break that up? Well, because of my the example that I've given in the past, of the past two years, my willingness to stand up against the establishment, that speak out against the governor, and, and I've been criticized for that because people don't expect that from mm. the lieutenant governor, uh, um, you know, working against the, the current governor. But as I've explained to the people of Idaho and here in Idaho, the governor and the lieutenant governor are separately elected constitutional offices. We, we do not run as a team like mm. some states do. And so when I swore my oath, to the um, law and to the Constitution of Idaho, I, that's that's who I that's where I follow, and I do not subscribe my allegiance to the governor. And when he speaks, when he steps out of line and violates our Constitution and our laws and the rights of the individual, that's what people in Idaho can count on me that I will am always willing to stand in their defense and stand in the gap. That's the kind of leadership that we need in Idaho. That's the kind of leadership we, we need to see more of throughout America. So I have to have to ask you one question, and this is um, a tough question, but it is also personally driven to some degree. I'm from the Seattle area. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. I've always wanted to go home and live in the Pacific Northwest. My wife is like, you're not moving me there to that rain. Um, and the entire West Coast has just fallen off the map. It's crazy. Um, and so Idaho is the Pacific Northwest, and it's great, but it has always had a reputation of small pockets of white nationalists and crazies. Um, every state has them. Um, I shouldn't say that. Um, many states have them. Uh, and you you were um, you gave a recorded speech um, at a um, first political action conference. It's founded by Nick Fuentes. You said you didn't know who that was, etc. Um, 
I find that hard to believe because I, I mean, I give speeches all the time and I never, my staff does this. How did you overlook that? And I'm, I'm only asking because I have property in Idaho and I'm counting on Idaho to come through and I don't want any white supremacist group to have any oxygen at all from the state leadership. And I, and I agree. And that I, I believe that same thing. And I personally have no acquaintance or friends with, with those people. I believe that we are all created in God's image. We are all equal um, with the rights of life, liberty, and um these are inalienable rights of us as citizens. So I completely am in agreement with you on that. What happened with that conference, I was asked, and and it's an honest, true statement when I made, when I said I do not, I do not know who that person is. I did not know anything about him at the time. But the person who invited me to submit a video, it was Michelle Malkin, and she invited me to submit this pre-recorded video to the conference that they had. The conference is made up a lot of conservatives from all over the country, and they are interested in America First policies, the policies of, of Donald Trump securing our border, um, be- believing in the fact that America is based on Judeo-Christian values. So um, that's what happened, and I have um, made that statement over and over yeah. again. That's that's who I am. That's, that's what I believe. Asked and answered. Thank you very much. Um, um, I wish you the best. How can people get involved? I guess they just go to your website, which is JaniceForIdaho.com? Yes. Yep. And uh, w- there's lots of ways to still get involved. We're targeting neighborhoods. We're we're we've recognized all of the Trump supporters throughout Idaho. We've we're knocking on doors, making calls, thousands and thousands of those um, outreach being made and um, getting still getting around the state. Lots of events just going and talking. To the primary is May 17th. Does does yes. Brad Little yes. actually have a chance of winning this? Well, it's not easy to go against an incumbent. Um, but I'm the front runner in the race to, to be successful against him. And if we unite as conservatives, there is a path to victory. We need to get people to the polls because there is an effort by Democrats and establishment Republicans, yes. to Democrats to cross over. So we get people to the polls. That's how we win. Well, I will tell you this, that uh, you're exactly right. When push comes to shove, um, we have to unite uh, and win because I don't think any state will survive if you don't have constitutionalists that are not connected to the graft and everything else. Um, we don't survive. And I wish you all the best. Thank you so much, if Lieutenant can, Governor. It, nope. Thank you, Glenn. You bet. Na, 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 na.